Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast, supported by FNB Channel Islands. Coming up, we'll round up this weekend's Premier League action as Rovers beat Bells to put off Saints' title coronation for a few more days at least. And we speak to Guernsey FC talisman Ross Allen to find out what he's been up to this winter and how he's feeling about the return of the Green Lions. I'm Tony Kerr. With me is Rob Batiste. Hello, Tony. Rob, let's start with the game at the track. Not a classic, uh, certainly in the first half, uh, but Rovers did just enough to delay the Saints party. They did indeed. Um, it was really mind-numbingly boring stuff for the first 45 minutes. I did have to go for a walk around the ground half time just to try and wake up again. Um, and after everybody was feeling in the same sort of uh, mood, you know, something has got to happen at some stage. And and it did, finally. Um, after about an hour, Rovers got, a, got ahead. And um, then the game really did spark with this flare-up... Um, it wasn't pretty pretty to see, to be honest. And um, it ended with Dave Merris, the former York City man, getting a red card. Uh, much to Belgrave's disgust. Um, I think he was possibly a little bit unlucky. I, 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 I didn't see the initial um, um, incident which actually sparked it, but I gather it was a, a bad tackle by Belgrave. The Range, Rovers reacted badly, and then it was a real free-for-all for a few seconds. I think um, Meris was just trying to stop um, one of his teammates flying at a ranger, um, and he may well have caught one, um, somebody um, an opponent's face in the process. Um, I don't think it was anything malicious on his behalf, and he was a little bit unlucky, perhaps, to get a red card. And I must say, I thought James Grundy, the Rovers lad, um, and Jared Carrington from Bells were both lucky to stay on the pitch, particularly Grundy who was um, very persistent in his, um, in his um, uh, way he just carried on aggressively in the incident rather than being, you know, just walking away. And I think he, he I'd say he was very, very lucky to stay on. And I'm, fair play to um, Rovers' Kevin Gillies, coach, the coach, because within a few minutes he did withdraw James um, before he... Something else happened, possibly. But in the end, um, Rovers won quite comfortably. Uh, Martin Savinel scored a superb second goal, which killed off Bells. Yeah, excellent who, finish. Yeah, it really was. And I'm glad to say, um, the other news that Rangers have finally got off the bottom. Um, who would have thought of that at the start of the season when they were in Wallop week in, week out? Their youngsters have persevered. Two more goals from Steph Timms sunk um, Velrak at the Corbett Field. So they've climbed above Alderney, who lost at home again. Um, to North, and um, who had a very young side, I believe, up in up at Mount Hale, and um, so yeah, it's fair play to Rangers. I'm pleased for them. Yeah, uh, yeah, it has been a long goal campaign for them, I'm sure, but they've finished it well. Yeah, and they've got some really good, promising youngsters there. And Tim's is a very, he's a strange character. He's um, he's very lively, very lively, very quick off the mark. Has got. An eye for goal, quite clearly. I'm not quite sure if, you know, he needs good coaching. I think with a couple of good players around him and a bit of guidance on the pitch and off the pitch, he could turn out to be a, a quite, a, quite a very decent player. He scored some good goals this year. And just in terms of where it leaves everything then, of course, um, Saints play Bells uh, in midweek. Uh, a win there, be enough to, to seal things. Yeah, I think Bells really, um, they're obviously going to be without Meris, who's been their best player by quite a long way in recent weeks. Um, yeah, I, I, they really are struggling for players at the moment, Bells, through injuries. Um, and I think um, losing the game to Rovers is probably not the stuffing out of them, to be honest. They can't finish second now. Um, I know they need to win to possibly, you know, 
Pip Pip Sullins for third, but oh, God, the Saints have got the bit between their teeth. They're going to win that game on Wednesday. I'd be amazed if they don't. Yeah, so Saints uh, title kind of well, at least one and a half hands probably on the title. Um, we expect to see them clinch it then on Wednesday night and then a trophy presentation to follow in the last game of the season. Yeah, next week against Alderney, I believe. We'll see if it pans out that way. Uh, brilliant. We'll leave it there for part one. And when we come back, we'll be speaking to Ross Allen. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Now, our guest this week needs little introduction as far as Guernsey football supporters are concerned. The Green Lions record goal scorer, uh, the scorer of probably the greatest Marathi goal and number nine in our countdown of Guernsey football's top 100. Ross Allen, welcome to the pod. Thank you, Tony. He's great. blushing. He's blushing. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you here. I mean, first of all, I've got to ask you, as someone who's kind of welded to the number 10 shirt. Uh, were you slightly upset that you weren't a place lower in our countdown? Yeah, I know. I, I think that's what I said to you in private. I was like, oh, you could have at least made me number 10 because I'm getting all this number nine banter now. And it's uh, no, it's good. It's all it's all in good jest. So um, no, I was obviously honoured to, to be, um, you know, that high up in the list and uh, among some, you know, great names. And a few places higher than your dad. Uh, just just take us inside the Allen household and the build-up to that sort of top 20. <laughs> well, it, no, it was an interesting one. I think we both agreed early on that I'd probably finish higher just on the fact that dad spent so much time away. And um, I think, you know, I think to, for him to finish 17 was, was, you know, amazing to say he had so little time playing um, over here in senior football. So, uh, you know, credit to him for that and what he did in that time um but yeah it was always always fun to beat him I know Tony Vance came to me the next day and he's like you've beaten your dad and yeah it was uh I didn't rub it in too much <laughs> I didn't because I know he'll just come back with something else anyway he was yeah. sensational he really was a youngster a fantastic young player he was and, yeah and Ross you, you know you were the top kind of modern um, player uh, in the countdown. Dom Yeom was, was up there as well, a couple of places down. But yeah, what, what was it like to be kind of named and, and placed among some of the greats of, of sort of Guernsey football history? Yeah, like, wow. Um, you know, some of those players I grew up uh, who were around my dad's era. So I, you know, got a taste of watching some of them um, in my early years. Uh, but yeah, to be, the, you know, around the top player in the last 20, 30 years or so, um, you know, very proud of that and 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 of what I've achieved um, and some of those achievements, um, you know, not comparable maybe with with what other people have done. Systems Cup, GFC, Island Games, you know, they, that era didn't have so um, unique um, in some of the things I've done, which I've, I'm very proud of. But yeah, to be around some of those great names who have played um, and made such good name for themselves in Guernsey football, very very proud. When you were growing up, was there any young Guernsey football um, player that you really admired that you thought, I want to go and see? Well, um, yeah, because I, well, I caught the back end of, of Dad's era. So I was obviously watching Dad um, week in, week out because he was coach of Rangers, so I was down there all the time. But yeah, I remember watching um, the, the, those first impressions with that, you know, that era with Tony and the, the Nobeses. And I remember, I think it was the four, was it the four one at the track? Or something like that. I just remember that game and and how we we dominated um, football at times with with some of that Sylvans team. It was it was great to watch and um, yeah, obviously inspired. In, I think that was what it helped inspire that um, golden generation we had um, and 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 took that, took that on to what we did and and the new levels and um, 
from all that Guernsey FC w- uh, was born. Obviously, you are the man as far as Guernsey FC is concerned. I think so far in the first ten years, you are blushing again. Um, If there hadn't been a GFC, what do you think would have happened to you? you, Would you really pushed it in the UK? Do you think? Yeah. Well, it was interesting. Yeah, good question. Um, So I'd, I think, I don't know if people, well, not everyone will know. I did about six, seven years maybe of of trials since I was sixteen. So GFC started when I was 24. So I, you know, I had a good go at it at a bunch of clubs in the UK. Um, went to college at the States for a bit. Had a few trials in the States, um, and nothing really stuck. And and it was it it was getting quite demoralising. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was it was hard, and I was just starting to not enjoy the experience. And from that, not enjoy football. And I, the plan was to um, I was actually looking to go out to Australia. That was going to be my next step. Um, and I think that was when. Uh, we were doing well with the Systems Cup. I was doing well over here, getting in the island side. And uh, and then, yeah, there was rumours of, of the, you know, I think Tony and Sticks were like, you know, don't go anywhere. This is this is in the pipeline. This is hopefully going to happen. Um, so at that point, I thought that was the best option um, to then, yeah, just kick on with that or, or see what came of that. And, uh, yeah, I don't regret a minute of... Of, of my GFC career because it's it has been such a great journey and so so lucky that that it came along when it did. Was there any deal ever close with the UK club? No, well, we always heard. Yeah, there was all. Pieces, yeah, it was it was quite. I remember it was quite funny um, seeing seeing the the media and that get excited about it. But the, the the only things that were ever on the table were were more trial offers. Um, which was great because it had only before that it only ever been you know luckily through dad and, and his contacts that I got the opportunity to go on trials but at that point it was you know where's Guernsey who are you and no one had known what you've done those that first year of GFC I was suddenly banging in the goals and um, was getting some some national coverage which was great um, and then I was extremely torn it was really tough because for the first time in years, I was really enjoying my football, scoring goals, playing week in, week out for my island and, and loving football more than ever. And so, yeah, that first couple of years, I was getting a bit of interest and there was like, oh, um, you know, certain people saying, oh, look, we, you know, you could maybe go on trial here, um, try this. And I just basically, I was like, I, I need to just do finish the season, give it a go with GFC, um, reassess in the summer. And um, and after that, I, you know, I think there was still probably opportunities, but at that stage, I was like, I I, I dislike those last few experiences so much, and was getting so tired with um, football at that stage of my career. And 25 now, I was like, I just want to play, I just want to enjoy, and I just want to score goals. And that was what I've always loved doing, and that's why I play the game. That's why I still play the game. And um, yeah, there'll always be a part of me thinking, oh, I could have, I could have pushed on a bit more there, but that wasn't my character at the time, Rob. That's just not who I was. And I think the fact that I did it later and go, went to New Zealand and, again, put myself in that trial situation, a um, bit more level-headed, maybe, um, had done more in my career and, and was ready, ready to give a new, a new challenge to myself. Um, but the other big thing was I never, I never, any time I went to the UK, I never enjoyed. Um, being there, I never really wanted to saw myself living there, and I think that was the the big thing. And any well, you're I'd, not alone. I yeah, mean, we had Colin Renoff in here yeah. last week, and it was quite evident how 
big a threat to his own life and his enjoyment of life it was you know he was he was put off by uh, going to London and he's not alone there's been many many other examples so exactly and I think that's you know I know my character what I'm like and I fell in love with the states and my time at college in Florida and I could see myself playing over there and obviously New Zealand (laughs) you know I was there for a month and came back and within six months I was basically back over there having the time of my life because I just loved living living there and the you know the work-life balance or the football life balance over there was was great um very similar to Guernsey and I thought this is me this is what I want to do and that was that was the more, most important thing to me in my life rather than the um I think I guess the, the more cutthroat ruthless way it is in the UK and um yeah I just didn't see that lifestyle uh as something I wanted to do past 24 that was that was that's all it was I'm intrigued um your father's influence on you because obviously he was a terrific player himself. He great career in the US, um, and obviously had a bit of a legend over here. I mean, but did, was he pushing you a lot, or he, has he been one for advising you a lot? Or yeah, dad. Well, dad was great because you know I, I basically owe all my ability and talent and um, goal scoring prowess to him and the work he put in with me. Like I think he was lucky enough to have a. a a few years off when he came back from the States and so I'd be home from school and he'd be, we'd be able to kick around the garden for a couple of hours and it wasn't just a kick around you know we were always working on stuff and um, you know he'd, he'd get my techniques so good that like you get to a point where things are just instinct and natural and I was so lucky to have that and not I, I now realise coming from a coach's point of view that not many people get that um, so I was very fortunate um, but he only pushed me so far as it, if it was something I wanted to do. You know, I think he could have pushed me more. We could have gone over to the UK as a family and moved over there, and I could have got into an academy set up earlier. But I think Guernsey definitely allows you to develop a bit more flair, maybe more skill um, in certain aspects of your game, a bit more creativity, rather than getting into the. We didn't at that time. We didn't want to get into a system where all of that sort of taken out of your game and um, yeah I've got I was so grateful for that and that decision Um, it's just a shame I think my one it's not a regret it's a a little bit of jealousy that's you know someone like Alex Scott has obviously got that amazing pathway now that and you've got a link with a team like Bristol City that it was just seamless you know Alex coming through the, the the system getting a taste of senior men's football with Guernsey FC obviously doing so well um, and 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 there's that link now, and they, they you know they they can see what's going on. Um, whereas I think you know when I was 16, like I said, there was um, and before that there was no real real pathway, no real you know scouts or anything watching watching Guernsey football. So um, yeah, I, I I think if I'd have really wanted it, um, I I could have made it, but it was just. It would have been at the detriment of your own. Yeah, maybe, and it's just I just don't think my character was ever was was ever quite um, was ever quite you know made for that. But you know I, I'm not gonna I've got no regrets about that. That's just who I am. So I'm sure you know like the other people you've spoken to, it's uh, yeah, it's just you know we live with it and yeah. it's, it's it's absolutely fine. 
Guernsey football's been all the stronger for it. So yeah. we wouldn't have seen that amazing goal in the Marathon yeah. start. Is that the best goal you've ever scored? It's funny. I, <laughs> it's funny. I um, I remember that. I think going home after that and like having a shower and sitting outside with dad and I'm like I was actually quite down I was like I think that might be the the best thing I ever ever do at least the best goal I've ever scored so um yeah it was a special one I watched it again the other day after you that photo on of the um put it on for the number nine and I was uh yeah I was it it took me back it was it was a good good moment The, the best thing about it I think is as we're walking back to the halfway line the ref came over and he said um you know, you've just paid everyone or made everyone's uh, entry fee worth it or something like that. So, yeah, it was it was a good moment. C- can you remember what was going through your mind to that? I mean, it was just pure instinct to, to pick up the I was like, what am I doing just outside my own box, first of all? I don't know what, I just sometimes in Marathis I do things that uh, go above and beyond what I'd normally do in a game. And, uh, yeah, I remember just reading the tackle well um, and then just pushing it down the line. And there wasn't really a lot on, so I just kept going and... Um, it's always those great runs that people don't necessarily see by Craig and Dave that take the sort of the, the defence one way. Everything open, didn't it? Yeah, and then uh, just to, to shift it away from Luke Campbell and and as soon as I hit it, I was like, oh, that's a bit good. <laughs> <laughs> and then it hits the bar and sort of hits the net and comes out and I'm like, oh, they're not going to give it. Because I think it was the week after, wasn't it, the the, the last the GFC? GFC one, which yeah. Which hit, hit the little... The wheel. The wheel, or the, yeah, the little bar that connects the, the post and the the bottom of the goal and was disallowed and I thought oh it's going to happen again <laughs> but I think the eruption of the crowd sort of gave it away that would have been the greatest crime in <laughs> yeah, football history I, I think yeah. foils forward foils for you know, you've played with a few fellow strikers in your time and I'm thinking it's probably going to be Dom Hyobe you're going to say but I mean you've, you've had a great relationship with Dom over the years yeah, I you know I've, I, I'm so glad Dom was as high as he was because he doesn't always he gets a lot of credit, but I think he's a he's definitely an underrated footballer still um, in what he brings to a team, uh, and I don't think we've at JFC we, we've really replaced that. It's a shame. Like, I wish he was still still playing. I'm still going to try and tempt him back this season if it goes ahead, but. Um, yeah, he's incredible what he does and he's unselfish. I think you look at that originals game uh, against the newbies at Christmas and even his pass into me, it was just absolutely perfect weight. He knew where I wanted wanted it and, um, you know, through that game and our warm-ups and trainings and we haven't played together in five years and, and we, we found that groove again, which is... It's so it's so much fun. I think that's you know that's the word I'd use when playing with Dom. It's just it was just fun because uh, most of my celebrations with him would just be like, "How did you get it to me?" or something, <laughs> or "Thanks so much for passing," rather than shooting yourself. Um, so yeah, he's just a great great guy to have in the squad as well. But um, yeah, just for me, he he complimented my game, um, you know, in a really effortless way. Those flick ons little balls um like i said the unselfish stuff when he maybe could have shot but i'd be in a, a good position to to get more of a, an easy tap in um yeah so i really miss i do miss it i miss playing with don for sure uh but there's been a yeah there's been a few others i remember tosti was um my first sort of strike partner when i first broke into the team and again like the way I was obviously a bit quicker back then, but and, and and with his aerial game, I thought that was that was great, and I was really disappointed that he didn't um, 
carry it on with with GFC because I think that would have, uh, you know, he would have been a great little uh, <laughs> little <laughs> big man to have <laughs> to have there and as as part of our unit. But we we did all right, obviously, in those first few years, and I think it was a shame for him and a few others that it came about later in their career. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been great. I've just we've had so much talent. I don't think we appreciated it at the time. You know, people like Craig Young, um, obviously Dave and, and Glenn as attacking players. Uh, you know, it was that just three dream. or four years. It was, yeah. it was a handful of you who were all really buzzing. Yeah, they? and then Matty Loringy throwing as well. And uh, interchange of positions. It was, it was funny, I was watching... Um, <coughs> On Sky, they had a rerun of the Arsenal Spurs when Arsenal beat Spurs, uh, or I think we drew Spurs to, to win the title at White Hart Lane. But I was just watching Henri Pires, Bergkamp, um, and their interchange of positions, even Vieira, Vieira is getting forward into the box. I think that's what we, we kind of did so well in those first few years. Every, everything was fluid. Um, everyone wanted to get on the ball and be creative and score goals and... There was all the, always that sort of competitiveness within the squad and, and training, which was fantastic. Um, and it's not to say we haven't replaced that, that, but I just think it was such a good golden generation that um, it's always going to be hard. You're going to get you know, spells when you, you know, the Guernsey team has that strength, but um, yeah, it was certainly one of them. And we were, you know, I think that's why we had to play 4 3 3 or at least three up front because we had so many good attacking threats. Do you think your game is going to adapt going forward? Yeah, because you question. already dropped back yeah. a little bit already, and you, uh, aren't, you aren't the number nine yeah. as such anymore. I you? think it's always going to depend on on, on who else we've got. Um, if we've got someone up front who can, um, you know, maybe be a big hold-up man or or pacey in behind, then yeah, maybe I can drop in a bit. But I think sometimes you look at. The last season when I came back, um, I was still needed to be up there. I was playing up front on my own quite a few games just because of injury. You know, Faz was out for a while and Paris and a few others. And So, yeah, I think it's just going to depend on, on who we've got. If we're filling those spots, if we've got some of the kids coming through, then great. You know, I can go and sit on the bench and have a rest. Do you ever <laughs> see yourself as a 38-year-old Ross Allen playing deep-lying midfield player spraying 35-yard passes? Yeah, of course. I, th- I think... Just I, drop what, further and further Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, I'm confident in my ability to do that. And, and what I think I've learnt a lot, especially from my time away at Team Wellington, um, was, you know, a certain different way of playing. And I've... I've and and now which I'm sort of maybe bringing into the coaching I'm doing as well um, and I think yeah it's made me a little bit more hungry for a different part of the game you know passing and, and moving and uh, not just all about scoring goals which is nice because I always said as soon as I lose interest in scoring goals I'd probably quit but um, yeah I think it's about reinventing yourself a little bit still having that that ruthless hunger and I always I always say sort of kid kid to myself if I'm not playing or not scoring goals I'm like oh it's not about goals and then I'll go and score a goal and celebrate like I've won the World Cup yeah (laughs) so yeah I think that's never going to change but I think it is important because it's always going to be harder to to keep up goal runs and and tallies and stuff like that as you get older so I don't want to be 38 and getting one goal in 10 games and being miserable all the time I'd rather influence the team in another way if I can and um yeah, I think first and foremost, just be still be playing as long as I can. I think that's the that's the key. And 
you know, hopefully this this little break with COVID has done me the world of good and kept me kept the body fresh and yeah. Fingers is that crossed why it comes back. you talk about freshness and like, is that why you've skipped all football this winter? Yeah, well, a hundred percent. I think so. When did we finish? Yeah, so it was February, March last year was when GFC stopped. Um, and it was coming into pre-season and I was, I was I was seriously considering, you know, playing Prio, but I just thought, well, I'll give it a bit of time. And as soon as GFC was was confirmed, it wasn't going to happen. Um, again, I looked at it and, you know, I've spoken to you a few times. And we teased you I, I was, yeah, bit, yeah. Well, obviously a lot of people were in my ear and <laughs> and I think that I got to the point and, um, and I had a few people giving some good advice um people some people who were playing prio some some fellow players and stuff like that who said you know just take the break enjoy the break and because i didn't have that huge desire or hunger to do it um i thought don't do it you know simply as simple as that and it's been really nice to have the best part of a year of of doing other things and focusing on other things and having Friday nights free and Saturday morning not having to get up and think about a game or the red eye, which I've never had in my life, which, you know, I don't think people necessarily appreciate, but, um, you know, most footballers, especially GFC, like we've dedicated so much time to that, that travel and um, that commitment's amazing. But after a while, I'd like, I think if I'd had and year or two of, of carrying on with Prio, I might just have been like, no, nah, that's me done. I, I, I can't go back to that. Whereas it's been nice to really enjoy other parts of my life, do other sp sports, other ways of keeping fit, you know, see my friends a lot more, you know, go out, have fun, which, like I say, I've sacrificed a lot um, over the last 10, 10, 15 years. So it's been nice to, to make the most of that while, you know, I'm... I'm you know relatively young <laughs> youngish, youngish <laughs> uh single and, and 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 wanting to you know live my life a little bit and but I've also now got a, a huge hunger for fingers crossed when GFC comes back and I think yeah a new a new passion for it which is I'm I'm really excited about I think it was pretty striking you know you mentioned the originals uh game uh, uh you know over the winter you know, you'd, you'd been out of action for a little while, but it was, I think, pretty striking watching you, A, how kind of feisty and competitive yeah. you were. So clearly that, you know, crossing the line, that hunger's still there. Yeah, I, had, I definitely had a point to prove in that game because I was, I was really interested to see where I was compared to everyone who had been playing. And I've been staying fit, but obviously football fitness is a 90-minute game. is very different. Um, and the legs were a bit heavy at the end, but, you know, I still got that late goal and... Yeah, I was uh, a few of the other players were like, "Calm down, Ross." I was like, "No, I need, I need this. I need this little bit of edge today." Um, yeah, that was great fun, and hopefully we can we can do do that again in in preseason, or at least get an Isle of Man game in, and um, and things can get back to normal. It'd be it'd be so nice to see and uh, and get some of the the younger players, some fresh blood coming through, um, and, and give them all a taste of uh, you know English English men's football. Yeah, you mentioned you've been doing a bit of coaching. I mean, um, do you see that as something serious you might well do when post yeah, post? A hundred percent. I so yeah. I, I, again, future um, GFC yeah, coach. Well, perhaps, you know, we'll, fancies we'll, can't carry yeah. on forever. <laughs> we'll hold off on that one. But um, yeah, so I was doing a, a little bit of coaching before I left for New Zealand, and then I got into a little bit over there. It was part of our um, 
you know, uh, stuff stuff we do on the side from from playing with the team. And again, I learned a lot um, a lot of new things, right? Because I've been around Tony, Fowl, Steve, coaches over here all my life, but it was nice to then have a, a different environment. New Zealand, like do things slightly differently um, and I and the way we played was very different the role I had in the team was very different so I was learning so much all the time because it was all very fresh and new um, and then um, coming back and and now now working with the GFA and the academy and um, we've set up um, some little focus sessions small group technical stuff that I do and some one-to-ones so lots of different ways of coaching coaching different things and if you'd asked me a year ago, I would say, oh, I'm just doing it because it just feels like the right thing, the next step. And, you know, you asked me today and I'm a, a lot more passionate about it. I've got a real sort of hunger and I'm thinking about it, uh, you know, in my spare time as well and how we can get the best out of the kids. What What's the best way of, um, you know, implementing things and, and philosophies and doing lots of research on the, you know, the FA and and you know, their philosophy and, and sessions and all that. And, um, yeah, especially in the one-to-ones and the, the small group stuff, this is where I'm trying to bring in um, things that Dad taught me, right? So, like, I was going back to saying how he taught me in the garden. So it was lots of repetition, using your week for, like, volleys, things that if you get a group session of 15, 20 kids, you're not going to be able to give that focus or that attention to that kid, and you're not going to be able to do... 20 30 reps each because they're going to be in a queue and and all this so it's been great to to try and um get the understanding to some of these kids that yep you've got to you've got to work on that part of your game otherwise you're only going to ever be half the player and i think that that was one of the things that i always always remember was when i was young and i said to dad one day i was probably about eight <laughs> and i said oh you know dad i'm not going to use my left foot my right foot's good enough i don't need to use my left foot and um, he's like, yes, you do. <laughs> and so, like, you, you work on it, you work on it. And, and and now I just feel as confident almost in the box and, uh, you know, chance falls on my left foot, totally comfortable. I'll shift it on my left foot. I'll do a skill with my left foot because I can't. I, I, I trust it, which I think a lot of kids don't. They, they And they don't use it enough because of the, the motor skills aren't quite there or they haven't practiced it and they're really good on their right, so they use their right or if they're right-footed. Um, I think it's I think it's a huge it opens up so many more avenues and, and going back to the New Zealand the way we played you know was getting it from one side of the pitch to the other but if a player couldn't physically play out the, to the other side with his left foot you know he wasn't good enough he, he he's not going to play um, so I think you know that's something that's something that we could definitely work on and improve um, the the younger players on and yeah, it's given me a, a bit of a focus, a bit of a um, something to, to 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 help those younger players get to. And we, like, because we now got that pathway and and GFC, and then you see what Alex has done. Um, hopefully, they're inspired to to want to go in, want to go and do that. And um, yeah, it's it's good to be involved at this stage of 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 co- the coaching journey still with GFC and and with that pathway. Are there. you obviously doing your coaching moment with? Very young lads. I mean, senior footballers is yeah. a different thing, dealing with them yeah, and their yeah. foibles, shall we say. And yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, do you reckon you might? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm not putting any come. pressure on myself. I think senior football is something I'd like to um, 
you know get involved in maybe not as a a, a uh, you know the main coach to begin with but I think there's definitely um there's definitely something in me that I think could could do that down the line um if an opportunity came up but just to be involved with the the GFC group at the moment be around Tony and and those guys quite a lot I'm learning as much as I can and I think uh yeah it's definitely it's definitely something that I see myself doing and staying in the game as as long as I can because I love it and I think you know I love Guernsey football and and whether I go off again for a little bit here and there um, to get more experience. Um, so you might make you may go off again. Yeah, well, I, d- I don't know, Rob. Like I I think the, 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 you dropped it in there, Rob. Yeah, the, well, the itch, the itch is gone at the moment because of because of COVID and the world's not really in in that in that place. So it's it's definitely been nice to. Um, bed in a little bit and, and 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 make the most of my time back here which I really feel like I've done it's been great to be back uh I'm not saying I'm going anywhere but you know maybe at the end of my playing career and I go and get some coaching experience elsewhere if 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 that's um still what I want to do do you see yourself being an old footballer I mean you are what 34 now do you see yourself playing 38, 39? Yeah, I hope so. It depends on the body. I, I, I'll sort of say, yes, of course. I don't. Th- I think I'd like to play as long as possible. Um, yeah, it's just going to depend on how the body holds up. And I think it's, it might take me being a little bit more ruthless um, in terms of I can't, I can't play this week. I need, I need a weekend, a weekend off, even if I know we're short or whatever, because I've always sort of put my hand up to play. Um, yeah, so I'd love to say, you know, I'll play as long as possible and touch wood, you know, I've been very lucky with injuries over, over my career. So, um, but yeah, I also don't want to be at that point where I'm 50 and the hot body's breaking down and I can't walk. I know, you know, Vancey's struggling at the moment and it's, it's quite hard to see my, you know, my dad's had issues. So yeah, I don't want to, I think it's about doing the right things. And I've, I think since my mid, mid twenties, I've been, very good at you know recovering well and and doing the right thing loads of stretching and um swimming and things like that so uh yeah all goes well rob hopefully hopefully later into my career and even if it's just coming off the bench and and then phasing into that that coaching setup um you know that that would be great i think that would be a great little pathway for me even if even if i'm just you know being attacking coach or whatever or something like that i think it's it's uh something i'd I'd, I'd really like to see myself doing. And well, you've already had a fantastic influence on the Guernsey game, so best of luck going forward. Thank you Ross. very much. Yeah, we look forward to seeing you back on the pitch. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully it's uh, not too long now, and we can get going. If not, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> we'll do another <laughs> podcast and find out. Yeah, just stick to the talking. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, thanks very much for sparing some time. It's been great to chat, and uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Well, great to hear from Ross there, Rob. Uh, you know, uh, clearly from his position in the top hundred, uh, you know, all-time Guernsey players. You know, someone we've been very, very lucky to see in the, uh, you know the last ten or fifteen years. Indeed, um, I know some um, people have questioned whether number nine was too low in the top one hundred countdown for for Ross, and it may well be the case. And I think by the time his career is finished, because I think he's got plenty more in him. 
his legend will have grown that he will probably up a few places up that that, that list if it's ever repeated. Um, clearly, terrific player, um, and it's also it was very interesting to hear him talk about his the fact that you know his chances of being a professional and how it didn't really quite pan out, and he didn't really like being away in in some of these sort of UK environments, um, and it, it's it, it's it is a re- repeating. Um, pattern here that you know um, many of Guernsey fine footballers over the years haven't really got it in them to um, to be a professional and play away and live in the UK and they'd rather be here and I think you know we've been really fortunate with Ross he's been a terrific player and it's great to hear him and he's actually coaching these youngsters yeah, now really and I hope he's actually instilling them that the importance of having flair you know because I think in, in the modern game now I think a lot of um, skills are actually coached out of the game and um, you know Ross thankfully with the, with the encouragement of his father um, developed those skills and utilised them in his in his game um, now and I'm sure he'll continue to do so yeah he's got some fantastic experience and you know as we heard him talking about you know the way he learnt to kind of hone his technique you know if he can pass it on to a, to a couple of kids I think yeah, yeah. It'll be invaluable. So, and it was also interesting to see that he, he you know, didn't rule out potentially being a Guernsey FC coach in the, in 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 the um, in the in near future. And no wonder Tony Vance was smiling this afternoon. Perhaps he realises he's got somebody who could possibly relieve him of his duties in a in two or three years' time. <laughs> well, let's leave it there, Rob, for today. Um, we'll be back on Thursday with a Guernsey Press Sport podcast. Uh, and we'll be back next Monday with more football chat. Just a few of these left as we uh, wrap up the very long 2020-21 season. It certainly has. Um, we've got another month, would you believe, with various cups and what have you. Um, and I think, to be honest, one of the reasons why the game track was a little bit um, of a slow burner is that I think for a lot of the players, they've now realised, you know, they can't wait for the season to end. It's been great that they've made everybody's made an effort to complete the season. Uh, it was very important to do so, but I think most people need a break now and probably the only team you really want to continue playing us, uh, playing black and white. I'm sure we'll be reflecting on some Saints glory in next week's uh, episode. Uh, let's leave it there. Thanks for your time, Rob. Uh, see you soon. Cheers.